It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and welcome into the virtual bible study for thursday evening february 14th i got it that time Exactly right. February 14th. Uh, I, I sort of needed to remember that time. That That's day. right. Yeah. And uh, welcome to the program. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Good to be with you, Jacob. We uh, always look forward to our Thursday night study sessions together on the Internet. And uh, we've got a lot of regular listeners and hopefully we've got some new ones out there tonight. We're glad that you're tuned in and we hope that you'll keep your computer pointed in our direction tonight and join in as we study from the word of god we want to talk about our priorities tonight this is an important subject dad and uh, one that we don't consider very often on the virtual bible study at least and that is our priorities god set very uh, clear standards for us in our priorities and set pretty uh, pretty high expectations for us i think that's right we want to approach the question of priorities not so much though jacob from the standpoint of what ought they to be because my guess is if if you're listening to the virtual Bible study tonight, you already understand and you've heard plenty of lessons about proper priorities for Christians, what they ought to be. We're not going to talk about what they ought to be. Now, we can do that if That's we need to. It's easy to talk about, though. Yeah. What, what we want to talk about is is the test of whether we're really making our priorities what they ought to be. In other words, I can say, oh, yeah, I know my number one priority is supposed to be God, serving him, doing his will, so forth and so on. But the, the question we want to challenge people with is, are you really doing that? And what would be the indicators that you either are or aren't? And we, we're going to talk about that on the, on the virtual Bible study. Uh, we sent out a couple questions earlier today, Jacob, to our update list. And again, as always, if you'd like to be added to that list and you're not getting those updates, send us an email. Uh, our email address for all contact is questions at collegeview.com. Send us an email. Just You can even just put in the subject line, add me to the list. And we'll get you on our mailing list. But we sent out these questions earlier today. Question one, what do you think is the best, the best indicator of what a person's priorities really are? That's question one. What's the best indicator of what a person's priorities really are? And question two, what's the most frequently observed inconsistency between a person's professed priorities and their actual practice? In other words, what happens most often? Where's the breakdown? What what indicates What's the clearest indication and the most common indication that a person says one thing but does another in regards to his priorities? And so right. those are the questions we sent out earlier today. Let us know your thoughts at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeyouk.com. What we're saying on the program tonight is that uh, talk is cheap. We want to look at our lives and look at our actions and see what they tell us about our priorities. Yeah, I think that's the right expression there, Jacob. Talk is cheap. You know, a man, let's take, for example, illustrate it this way. A man uh, professes his love and devotion for his family. I mean, he's all the time talking about how much he loves his family, how much he loves his wife, what a great wife he has, how much he loves her, how great his kids are, how much he loves them. He says, I love my family. Nothing to me is more important than my family. They're my top priority. Now, that's what he says, and he's actually deceived himself into believing that that's true. 
But every weekend he goes out and he, he drinks and he brawls and he loses all of the family's money gambling. And his bad habits are actually costing his family. They don't have proper clothes to wear. They don't have enough food to eat. They don't have the necessities of life because he's out wasting them in his, in his uh, wild living on the weekends. You'd say that there's a real contradiction between what that fellow claims his, his priorities are and what his real actions prove. And so that's the kind of thing we're talking about here. You know, there, there, are, there are people who claim a priority. They know that God's supposed to be first. And maybe they've even sort of deceived themselves into believing that they're following through with that priority, but it's not seen in their actions. You know, there's a Bible case of an individual who had that problem. And we might start our this, our study tonight by looking in Matthew chapter 19 at a young fellow who came to speak to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 19, beginning at verse 16, It said, one came to him and said, good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said to him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which? Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth up, what lack I yet? Jesus said to him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But the young man heard, but when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. When we talk, when we talk about this rich young ruler who came to Jesus, I'm sure that if you would have asked him, he would have said that spiritual concerns were his highest priority. Uh, in fact, he, he could even recite some of the commands that he had been keeping carefully and meticulously. And yet, when Jesus really pressed him to prove his devotion to God, he wasn't willing to do it. He proved that he was actually more devoted to his money than he was to doing the will of God. And so while he would say one thing and potentially had deceived himself into believing one thing about his priorities, his actions proved something else. And so that's kind of the concept we want to develop in our study tonight, Jacob, is that you can say and maybe even in your own mind believe that you have a set of priorities, but it, it may not be so. Uh, so there's there's a way to prove what your priorities are. There's a way that you demonstrate what they're not, and we, we want to talk about that tonight. All right. We believe our actions display the condition of our heart. Jesus believes the same thing. And so we're asking tonight, what do your actions say about your priorities, and how could you tell? We want your feedback. What about uh, our lives tells about our priorities? What can we look to to our lives to find out if we are putting God first, or what are some telltale signs that tell us that we are not putting God's first. Let us know your thoughts at 877-381-4567 or questions at collegeview.com. We've got, a, we've got three ways that you can contact us. Jacob's already mentioned our phone number, 877-381-4567. Our email, questions at collegeview.com. Those have, been, those have been out there for a long time. We get most of our comments via email. We love to get emails. Uh, we'd like to hear from you on a phone call. Uh, that line is open and it's toll free. But also you can send us a audio message by the link on our website. And again, this week, our friend Jim in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, has sent us an audio message. And so let's play that and let Jim kick off the discussion. He answers your questions. Here he goes. Good evening. Question number one. What do you think is the best indicator of what a person's priorities really are? I think the best indicator is the amount of time they're willing to give 
to that particular activity. Secondly, what is the most frequently observed inconsistency between a person's professed priorities and their actual practice? The inconsistency lies in how quickly they are willing to give up. Something that is important to you, you will be persistent in. If something is unimportant, you'll look for any opportunity to give up on it. This is Jim Walsh from Mount Pleasant. All right, so there we have Jim Walsh with his comments, and do we appreciate those tonight. Yeah, and you can get uh, you can get an audio comment to us the same way from that link on our website. It's an orange button, and it has sort of the weird name, My Chingo. So click on that, and it'll take you to a, a site, and you don't have to download any software or anything. You just follow the instructions, and you, you'll be leaving an audio message that will be delivered to us. So uh, try that out. Jim, thanks for doing that. Jim says that... Uh, the best indicator of what a person's priorities are uh, are determined by what he's willing to spend his time on. And that was sort of a common response we got in several email messages already. Uh, again, send us an email what you think is the right answer there. What's the best indicator of a person's real priorities? Uh, from a listener here in Columbia, it said, I think the best indicator of a person's priority is how they spend their time. A person spends his time doing what is most important to him or her. Uh, Randy in Jackson, Missouri said time, money, passion are indicators of priorities. So he's mentioning time there. And then Jason in Pennsylvania, Jason in Pennsylvania says, uh, how much time do we have to use serving God? A good indicator of uh, that our priorities are not right is when we get to the point that we just don't have enough time to do the things for the Lord that we should be doing. We can make ourselves overly busy sometimes with other things that we just squeeze the Lord right out. Uh, and he references Luke 8, verse 14, uh, from the parable of the sower, where it says, That which fell among thorns are they which, when they had heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. He says we need to make time for our priorities toward God. We don't want to choke ourselves spiritually because we are too involved in the cares and pleasures of this life. I think those are all good comments. I would agree with Jim and with these other three who've emailed, Randy, Jason, and our emailer from Jackson, uh, Tennessee, or excuse me, from Columbia, Tennessee. I think all of them are right in regards to the question of time, Jacob. Well, I like Jason's comments there where he talks about uh, the parable of the sower and about those who were choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. Those uh, seeds that were choked with those cares and pleasures and riches of this life, certainly they thought those things were important, and they thought there was little time or little opportunity to consider the other things, and that can be us so very easily in the society we live in. Uh, We live in a time where we think we're busier than anybody has ever been before, yet we have all the modern conveniences that we enjoy. So why is it we have less free time than anyone else? Is it because we have the cares and pleasures and riches of this world? That's got to be it. We've got more discretionary free time than anybody who ever lived in the history of the world. You know, it wasn't just a few generations ago, just two or three generations ago, where a person just to earn a livelihood would work literally from sunrise to sunset and and just fall in the bed to get up the next morning to do the same thing over again. And... uh, uh, we don't do that, but we claim we're so busy. Why we're busy, though, is we're busy with activities that we choose at our leisure. 
They're discretionary activities that keep us. Sure, we're busy. Everybody's busy, but we're busy at things we choose to do. And as a result of that, we get to the end of the day and we had no time for God to stop and consider our spiritual well-being. We had no time for that because there's all of these cares and pleasures and riches of this world that have got to be considered. Yeah, exactly right. And and that shows our priorities because those things are more important to us than God. Yeah. If we're spending our time on them, we don't have time for God. They're by default. They're more important than God. I think that's right. I think just a little bit of a caveat that I would throw in on this business of time. I think we we have to use that word discretionary time. In other words, how do I spend my discretionary time? Uh, You know, it's it's likely that that most people spend more time sleeping, for instance, than they spend in spiritual pursuits. Does that mean sleeping is more important than God? Well, no. Uh, You know, you got to get you got to get rest or you'll be sick. It's possible that you spend more time on your job. Certainly, most people spend more time on their job than they spend going to church or reading their Bible. But those are things that are are necessary things. The Lord even instructs us to work and earn a living and so forth. So I, I would add this a little bit of a of a, a caveat there, a little bit of an explanation, saying how do we spend time when we have a choice about how we spend our time, and that uh, that will tell a lot about our priorities. And Randy in Jackson, Missouri, mentioned another uh, item there that can tell about our priorities, and he said money, the way that we spend our money. Yeah, we've got several who are commenting about the, the fact that money uh, is, is an indicator, and uh, I think that's definitely true. I uh, you know my email's confused here in a minute, Jacob, but I think uh, Chris in uh, Lexington, Tennessee, wrote in and said, uh, I think the answer is, first, How does a person spend his money? I can talk all day long about how uh, about God and how much I love him. But you can spend five minutes looking at my budget or my checkbook and my my priorities will shine through. I believe God knew we would have problems with money. That's why he spent so much time discussing money in the Bible. I've not confirmed this, but it's been stated that one out of every five verses in the New Testament deals with money. Either way, Jake, uh, either way, Jesus discussed money issues many times. How we handle our finances tells a lot about our priorities. We cannot serve God and money, Matthew six twenty four. God wants us to learn to be givers just like he is. So Chris is on that theme, too. Uh, those two themes are the ones we're going to surely need to develop uh, as, as our discussion goes on. How, how could you, how could you uh, serve your money? I mean, how can money become a priority for us or the things that money can buy over God? Well, think about that. You know, if I... If, if serving God is important to me, I know that there are certain requirements or expectations about what I would do with my money in regards to uh, contributing uh, toward the, the Lord's uh, work uh, uh, to the church and so forth so that his work can be accomplished, that God has assigned to it in this world. But, you know, that big screen TV is really nice, you know, and, I, and they're kind of expensive, but, you know, it's everybody's getting one and I'd like to have one and. If I spend my money on that big screen and then I don't have any money, don't have even a problem. You know, we talked recently about what would be reasonable in regards to our giving. We just recently had a had a virtual Bible study on our giving. Uh, if I don't have a, a a reasonable amount to contribute, a fair amount, a, a, an amount that is proportional to my prosperity and that I've purposed in my heart, I don't have it because I bought the big screen TV then it's pretty clear that big screen TV was much more important in priority to me than doing the will of God. Well, and uh, the use of our money goes beyond that. We can talk about that on the other side of the break, but uh, we appreciate Chris for his comments. We'll take a quick break, and we'll let you jump in 
on the discussion now at 877-381-4567 or questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue right after these words. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd, but don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. You just might find it is easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College U Church of Christ. Hello, my name is Kent Bumgardner. My family and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Please join us. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight as we talk about our priorities. And we're not just talking about priorities. Talk is easy. We're talking about our lives and what our lives display about our priorities. And we'd like your feedback. What are some ways that you can look at your life and tell what your priorities are and what are some indicators of that and uh, what are some inconsistencies that a person might display in their actions to show that their priorities are not truly what they claim that they are. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com are the ways you join in on the discussion tonight. Our friend Preston in Valdosta, Georgia, has just emailed in, and he agrees with the two points we've made already, Jacob, concerning time and money. What you spend most time and money on, what you spend the most time and money on, is what your what is your highest priority. He says so. Uh, he would agree with the conclusions that we've had so far. Uh, I don't think those are the only two things, but I got to tell you, those are two really important things: what you spend your time on, what you spend your money on. Again, I, again, I would I would have to argue, even in regard to money, that we have we'd have to make the caveat discretionary money. I, I you know. I spend more money on some things than what I contribute to the Lord's church. That, but that doesn't necessarily mean that those things are more important to me than, than the Lord is. Two things about what you said. First off, discretionary money. To find that, I think that's a problem with a lot of people. What's discretionary money? Well, there's some, I mean, the necessities of life have to be, have to be fulfilled. You know, I mean, you gotta provide for your own or you're worse than an infidel. First Timothy chapter five, verse eight says. And you gotta have a new car. I don't have to have a new car. That becomes discretionary. I can drive have nice clothes. Well, you know what a fashion plate I am. Yeah, you are. But uh, what you're saying is there's some judgments to be made. uh, And and so there are some things that are necessities. And so, again, it becomes when you cross the line between necessities and things extra, that's where it becomes discretionary. And I think that it gets back to that parable of sower that Jason referred us to. We get choked by those riches and those pleasures of the world, and those choking act, that choking action has the uh, the effect of changing our priorities and our focus, so that we believe begin to think that these optional things are now necessities, and we focus on that, and we don't have the, the money or the time to serve. Oh God. yeah, you know, that's absolutely true. You know, and that that's reflected in the fact that. Uh, uh, the the rating of what makes a person a poor person in our culture has changed so much. You know, people who are, who are considered at the poverty level in our country 
I've read some statistics where most of them have their own car, live in their own house, have have telephone service, have cable TV service, but they they're considered at poverty level because the standard general standard of living has has continued to rise so greatly in in uh, you know the, the recent decades uh, that you know people feel like they're deprived if they don't have cable TV. They feel like that's a necessary thing. I've had several instances of people who were seeking assistance from the church. Uh, and when you ask a few simple questions, you find out that they've got all of those. They've got cable TV. They're maybe paying, you know, for premium cable cable TV service, and they're asking for assistance so that they can pay their utility bill or or buy some food. It's, it would seem to me that you would do without cable TV so that you could buy food. But what we're saying is there's just there's judgments to be made, uh, and that discretionary kind of thing is what determines. You know how you use your money is is the determinant of where your priorities are. Now let's talk about something else too. We don't want to limit this discussion to Sunday morning. We should talk about this in the way that we use our time and we use our money throughout the week. Certainly, there are responsibilities for a Christian on how they use their time and how they use their money in other ways beyond the assembly of the church. Exactly. We should use our money in numerous ways. You know, the Bible tells us the purpose of working and the purpose of earning money, and it's not to pile up a big stockpile of it or to uh, have a mansion on a hill. The purpose of working is to have for our needs and to supply the needs of those who are around us who are in need. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28 says that we're to work with our hands the thing which is good that we may have to give to him that needeth. And so one of the priorities in being able to to earn is so that you can be generous and and help those who are in need i believe the bible teaches us very clearly to have a benevolent spirit but again if i'm uh and that's doing the will of god you know but if i'm so busy selfishly acquiring the things that i want that i don't have any money to help anybody else then that would indicate that my priority is not in line with the will of god and i'm doing something else what do you think about uh when we talk about uh, our priorities and we we need to get on to some of the other indicators that uh, listeners have given us. But what do you think that says about our faith? We can just focus on the two that we've talked about so far and maybe some of the others. But if I don't spend time, if I don't uh, exert activity towards serving God, or if I don't use my money to serve God as he is instructed, what's that say about my faith? Well, I think it would indicate a problem in your faith, and your faith needs to grow. I think it would definitely indicate a problem with priorities. Maybe the combination of those two things is is illustrated in something that I've seen through the years happen. Discretionary, there's that word again, overtime on Sunday. Now, I can work Sunday. If I work Sunday, I won't be able to make the services. I won't be able to worship God. But, you know, I just feel like I need that extra money. You know, my family depends upon me making that extra income. Well, what's that say about priorities? Would would I be better off doing without some of the things that I'm trying to supply to my family so that I can be with them and worship God on Sunday like I'm supposed to? If I choose, I take voluntary overtime on Sunday so I can make more money to have more things, even if I justify it by saying my family needs these things, then that begins to indicate something about priorities. Certainly. So, you know, think about your time as well. We uh, devote our time to things that are important to us. Uh, The Super Bowl was a few weeks ago, and that's important to a lot of people. And uh, I wonder how many uh, guys would uh, miss watching the Super Bowl on uh, on that Sunday night a few weeks ago because of some activity with their family. There were some family in town, and so they spent that, the evening with the family instead of watching the Super Bowl. 
That probably didn't happen very many times. Certainly, you would. Uh, it was important to a certain number of people in our society, and so they made the priority to spend the time to to, to watch the Super Bowl. So I think the, I think these first these first two things we've been talking about it, it it's hitting in most of the emails that we're getting. Again, let me go back to Chris in Lexington, Tennessee. He says, "I'm very busy, just like everyone else, but I always make time for the things I want to do. Therefore, again, my priorities shine through. Are the things that I make time for the things of God or the things of the world?" Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Spiritual things must be the center of my life, and if they never, and they never will be if I spend more time with the things of the world. So Chris uh, is, is uh, definitely uh, agreeing with us uh, in regards to those matters. I get back to, to uh, the, the, this email from Columbia, Tennessee. What's the most frequently observed inconsistency between a person's professed priorities and their actual practice, how they actually spend their time? For example, if I say one of my priorities is my family, but I spend more time each week on my hobbies than I spend doing with my family, then that is an observed inconsistency. So in other words, if I won't devote the time, maybe that's a way to say it, Jacob. If I won't devote the time to to actually demonstrate what I'm claiming about my priorities, then then that's not my priority. All right. We appreciate Chris for his comments tonight, and we're looking forward to yours at 877-381-4567. Or you can email your questions or your comments to questions at collegeview.com. We need your participation on the program tonight. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Jacob, before we get to our half-hour break, let me let me give uh, all of our regular listeners and maybe even some of you who are new to our listening audience tonight, give you a heads up about next week's program. We're pretty excited about that, Jacob. We've got a special guest coming. Certainly do, and uh, he is a rather prominent national guest. Uh, he has his own call-in radio program, talk radio program on Air America, which is a nationwide uh, syndicated network, uh, a liberal network uh, that uh, is devoted to talk radio, and uh, he has his own program on there. Yeah, this fellow's name is Dan Barker, and he is an atheist. He he used to be a, a minister in a denomination, uh, but a number of years ago he announced that he had, he had decided that he didn't believe in God anymore, and he's been pursuing that uh, and has a talk radio program devoted to atheism and for atheists. He is also the chairman of the Freedom From Religion Foundation, and they are, uh, their purpose in the, wor- in the world is to uh, make sure that uh, religion is stamped out uh, in our society. And they've, and they've, they've been uh, pursuing that so much so that they one of their cases, one of the lawsuits they brought, even went all the way to the Supreme Court and was heard at the level of the U.S. Supreme Court. So this guy is very prominent. He's been very gracious to agree to join us next week in our, in our study. So we're going to be talking about uh, God, the existence of God. Is there a God? And... Uh, this this uh, Dan Barker, uh, who has a program, uh, syndicated uh, nationwide radio program on Air America, is going to join us next week. That should be really interesting, Jacob. And, uh, you know, when we talk about our priorities, this really does uh, dovetail in very nicely with our priorities. Because if there is a God, then that dictates that uh, there's a responsibility towards him. And our life must show that in our priorities uh, Dan Barker and other other atheists, I think, as we'll see next week, they don't like that consequence, and so they want to show that there is no God. In fact, on his call-in program, he, I heard a bumper as I listened to it today. Uh, he has a bumper on there, no God, no rules, or something along those lines, and, if, and that's what they really want. 
And if we're going to claim there is a God, then it's got to change the way that we live our lives. Exactly right. And that's some of the kind of things we want to uh, talk with him about next week. We want your involvement in that, and we want you to tell others to be listening next Thursday. That's going to be February the 21st. Uh, on the virtual Bible study, uh, uh, we should have a very interesting discussion with Dan Barker uh, of, uh, what was it, Freedom from Religion Foundation. Freedom from Religion Foundation. Yeah, and with his radio program on Air America. So uh, that's a heads up. We're excited about that possibility, and we want you to be excited about and it, too. And we've got some uh, national advertising campaign uh, that next week, too, so we're hoping to get a lot of listeners, and we'd like for you to help uh, Get some listeners to the virtual Bible study. So tell your friends about that program. Yeah, we might tell you a little later in the program tonight about where to look for some of that uh, prominent advertising we're going to try to put out there on the Internet next week. All right. We'll take a break and let you get in on the discussion about priorities on the virtual Bible study tonight. You know the number. You know the email. Use it during this break. We'll be right back after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hi, this is Jordan Sanders from College View Church of Christ, and here's some thoughts for you today. Have you ever wondered why there never seems to be enough time to get everything done? Well, we may not have the answer. According to an article in U.S. News, an average American in his lifetime will spend six months at a stop sign, eight months opening junk mail, one year looking for misplaced items, two years unsuccessfully trying to return telephone calls, five years waiting in the line, and six years eating. Other recent studies suggest that we will spend as much as 20 years watching TV and even more time sleeping. Now, to put this in proper perspective, think of this. If you attend every service of church, Sunday Bible study, Sunday morning and evening worship, and Wednesday night Bible study, you will spend only about 1.5 years total. That's only slightly more time than you will spend looking for misplaced items and only about twice as much time as you will spend opening junk mail. But some Christians will not even do this much. Over and over again, we return to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Do not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. God commands us to assemble. Why? The context of this verse clearly shows that it is for our benefit. Are you taking advantage of this great blessing? Christian, how are you using your time? If you don't regularly attend all of the services, you may be spending more time opening junk mail than worshiping God. Isn't that a terrifying thought? This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. Many of us have experienced the frustration of being in a store and needing service only to be ignored and disregarded by the salespeople. We think, and rightfully so, that they should value our presence and pay special attention to our needs. At a restaurant, we expect the waiter or waitress to attend to all of our desires. In fact, we determine how much of a tip we will leave based upon how well they have fulfilled our wishes. Expecting to be served in a store or restaurant is natural, but a huge problem develops when people begin to look at the church in the same way. Some tend to view the church as an organization that exists purely for the sake of serving them. Their attitude and conduct toward others in the church is directly linked to how well their own perceived needs and wants are being met. In effect, these people come into the assembly, sit down and say, here I am, serve me. This serve me mentality leads people to be hypercritical of all that happens in the church. They complain about the Bible classes, too boring, the singing, off key, too slow, the preaching, too long, too negative, the leadership, not doing enough, lording it over, etc. But despite their criticisms, they never get involved themselves to help make things better. 
The folks that we're describing typically have a high degree of expectation concerning social interaction with other Christians. Specifically, they tend to think that others ought to be entertaining them and inviting them into their homes for food and fun. If a certain number and frequency of social invitations are not coming their way, they complain that the church is unfriendly and that people just don't have a proper level of brotherly love. Never mind the fact that these people themselves seldom ever entertain others. The Lord often spoke of such people, warning about their harsh judgments, Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5 and urging all of us to look for opportunities to serve others rather than be served. Luke 22, verses 25 and 26. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. You just heard a new feature on the program. That is the bullet point. It was It's so new, Dad, that I almost forgot it this week. I had to yeah. slide it in there. Uh, yeah, we're trying to get that in every week. So, uh, uh, do, hope, Good hope thoughts and appreciate those tonight. Hope we can do some good with that. We're talking about priorities, not so much what they ought to be. I think, uh, I think all of our listeners, Jacob, probably would agree about what our priorities ought to be. We're talking about are they really uh, being demonstrated in our lives. Uh, you know, so what's the test? What's the what's the best indicator that you, what your your highest priority really is, and what's the the most frequent disconnect or or inconsistency between what you claim and what you do in regards to priorities? Those are the things we're talking about tonight. We got an email from a listener in Greenwood, Indiana, who says we should number one live your life by practicing what you preach that's a common expression jacob but that's that's a that's certainly necessary no uh, you you, you got to practice what you preach or, or or just talk about it do it yeah do it don't just claim it uh number two be humble do not try and stand out among others by voicing your achievements number three love your family spend time with them in everyday activities number four do not let the world control your life learn how to control the world you live in of course, that's an absolute necessity for the Christian. The Christian cannot be conformed to this world. Uh, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12 uh, at verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So that's definitely necessary. We, we can't let the world control. If if we do let the world control us, it is almost, well, it's not almost, it's, it's absolutely certain that we will not be demonstrating God as our top priority. Our life will not be what God would have to be. Our life will not uh, be what we would want it to be if we allow the world uh, to have control over us. And as the emailer mentioned, uh, our priorities are demonstrated uh, there by that choice. Uh, we, ch- we show that uh, the world and acceptance by them and uh, being like the world is more important than being like God would have us to be. So we appreciate those thoughts tonight. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. On that second point, they're really so closely tied together, it's hard to take these two questions uh, independently of one another. The second question about what's the biggest inconsistency in people's lives, Randy in Jackson, Missouri, says the biggest inconsistency he sees is in church attendance and actual holiness. Uh, I believe that's probably really true. If you looked at statistics, Jacob, about how many people claim they believe in God, at least here where we live in, in this part of the world, the percentage of people who claim to believe in God is really high. But if we understand the statistics at all, the number of people who on a given Sunday are attending a, uh, some kind of a religious service, way low. So it, it seems it seems that any right-thinking person would say, you know, that, that's 
that's not right. How can I say I believe that there's a God? And I don't, I don't even, I don't even make any effort to attend worship services on Sunday. Well, that's a very superficial observation that, uh, you know, if you're, say you want to serve God, that you worship God. And that's very easy for us to, to do that. But what about other aspects of our well, life? Well, if you're not doing that much, I think right. if you're not right. doing that much, what are you doing? Exactly. So that's a big So we issue. can look at people that, who aren't religious at all. They claim to believe in God. They claim to be trying to live a good life, and they're not even worshiping God on Sunday. We see them at the golf course on Sunday morning on our way to church. We know that they're not, their priorities are out of whack regardless of what they say. We could also look at a person who claims to be a Christian and who is worshiping on Sunday, but we look at them on Monday or Tuesday and we see how they're living their lives. Then we can see their priorities right away. I think that's the second thing you mentioned there is actual holiness. In other words, they don't go to church on Sunday and then during the week, you know, unfortunately, they, there are plenty of people who, you know, claim to be believers. And yet if you are around them uh, in the workplace or on, in some kind of casual uh, activity, you might hear them use swear words. You, you might hear them take God's name in vain. Uh, you might and, and, and they might not have any qualms about lying or maybe cheating uh, in various aspects of their lives. They want they want to, people to believe that they're Christians, and they perhaps have even deceived themselves into believing that they are what they need to be. But there's such inconsistency between that and their practice, and you see these inconsistencies. I, I think that those inconsistencies stand out so clearly, in, especially in the case of a person who claims he's a believer, uh, but then lives that way. Exactly. If our priority is serving God and being pleasing to Him then our life on Monday and Tuesday will be exactly like it was on Sunday morning because that's our priority. That's what's most important to us in this life. Exactly right. Thank you, Randy, for those good comments. Uh, Jason in Pennsylvania has has also chimed in on the inconsistency of not attending uh, church services regularly. He says, uh, I've heard many brethren that have claimed to have the hope of being in God's presence for eternity where they will be privileged to sing praises to him and serve him. But when you look at their lives here, they don't seem to be too dedicated to serving him, assembling with the saints or worshiping him. How can we say we look forward to worshiping God in heaven if we don't look forward to doing it here? Amen, Jason. Exactly right. All right. I think I think you had a sermon one time, Jacob, where you said heaven might be a a, a drag or a bore. Yep. If, if, you, if you don't enjoy those kind of things here, uh, what makes you think heaven would be the place? That's what it's be? all about. Yeah. You know, you know that's a that's a, I think some people think that in heaven, heaven is going to be where I can do the thing that I like to do most here. I, I like to go fishing. Heaven will be like eternal. Oh, there's going to be big bass in heaven. It, it'll just be a, like a perpetual fishing day, or heaven will be a day, an endless day where I play golf without end. You and you hit good shots. Every all shot, day. a perfect shot. You know. Uh, well, that would be a dream, wouldn't it? But that's that. The picture that we have of heaven is not anything like that at all. The picture of heaven involves being with God and serving Him and praising Him and and so forth endlessly. And if 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 the very inadequate shadow of those things that we see here, in other words, worship of God here is just a shadow of what it will be in heaven. But if we don't enjoy, if we don't enjoy doing that here, we likely won't. This is the minor leagues, and uh, when we get to heaven, we really get to worship God. Uh, We should be getting all of it we can get here, but it should be a priority for us. And so uh, we appreciate Jason. That's a great comment. I think that's exactly right. And, you know, it's something to think about. And, again, I would go back to the point we were making, Jacob. If if you can't uh, 
provoke yourself to be faithful in attendance. In other words, if you let so many other, and typically the things that come between people in attendance are very trivial, insignificant things. If you can't get yourself motivated to worship faithfully. It's very unlikely that your uh, priorities are what you claim. The, the, the worshiping God faithfully is just the hem of the garment. If you can't do that, and if your priorities aren't in line with worshiping on a regular basis, then what else in your life is right with God? Certainly, uh, we'd have to question anything about your life that would be right with God if you can't worship God on a regular basis. So that's not a priority. Uh, our friend Frank in Indianapolis, Indiana, has written in Jacob. He says, I think without a doubt the best indicator of a person's priority is to observe his way of life, what his life produces, what his, what his life does for others, what is his language, what's his family like and all about uh, these kind of things. What is his life? And then number two, he says, I think the most inconsistent difference between what he says his priorities are for his family, let's see, is between what he says his priorities for his family are and what he does with his spare time. Golf games of all kinds, being out with the boys, male friends, TV watching. Uh, in other words, if I claim that these things are important to me, but I let all those other things, uh, I, I let my selfish interests come between me and doing those things I say is important. That's an inconsistency, according to Frank. I think he's exactly right. I think we're getting a real consistent answer here. You know, uh, Everybody's seeing this pretty much the same way. All right. Thank you, Frank, for those good comments tonight. And we're ready to take yours as well at 877-381-4567 or questions at collegeview.com. Kent in Jackson, Tennessee, has said, or perhaps this is Mindy, one of the two, says, uh, what do you think is the best indicator of a person's priorities really are? The best indicator is their actions. You can tell what is important to someone by how they spend their time, what they talk about, how they act. And uh, those comments from Jackson, Tennessee tonight echo what the Bible tells us about our actions. And our actions are an indicator of our faith. James chapter 2 tells us that. And James chapter 2 is not just a passage about salvation. It's a passage about how we live our lives as well. And the way that we live our lives tells about our faith. And if we don't have our priorities in the right spot, our faith is not where it needs to be. Right. James 2 verse 17 says, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. A man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. I will show thee my faith by my works. James is basically saying, what you do is the acid test of what you claim. You can claim one thing, but you will never be able to prove it unless you actually follow through in deeds. And I, he, I have faith. I love God. Serving him is the most important thing to me. But on Sunday... I don't have time to be with saints because I've got other things that are more important to me. What does that say? It tells me that tells the people around me I have no faith and my priorities are not where they need to be. Exactly right. The other part of Mindy's response here is uh, we need to have a relationship with our brothers and sisters. It's important. We cannot observe someone's priorities if we don't really know them. We cannot see how they really act if we're not around them. Some people claim to live for Christ on Sunday but live differently when not around other Christians. If I build relationships with my brothers and sisters, I can see where their priorities are and hopefully can be an encouragement to them as they are to me. Maybe a a reason why some members are hard to build a relationship with is because they don't want others to see their true selves. That's an interesting observation. Some people do sort of keep a wall built up there, hard to break through. It might be because they don't want you to see what 
is actually being demonstrated in their life concerning their priorities. This gets back to your bullet point there, Dad, where you said that we should be looking for opportunities to serve others, and uh, we should look for that in the uh, congregation that we're a member of. We should be looking for opportunities to be encouragement to our brethren, and that involves getting to know them and getting to know areas where they need to be encouraged. And so we appreciate those comments tonight. All right, we'll take a break, and when we get back, we'll go to the top of the hour with your questions or comments on this important subject, questions at collegeu.com or 877-381-4567. That phone line is open. Join in now and let us know your thoughts about priorities. Stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So if you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the virtual Bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church, but you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more, there's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study? You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. Hello, my name's Jeffrey Vernon. I'm 13 and this is the virtual Bible study. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. As we look at our priorities and what they actually say about our life, we believe that our actions speak louder than our words. And uh, I think we have a question or a comment along those lines uh, from Florida tonight. Preston has said, uh, Preston, well, actually, Uh, Georgia, Georgia, Valdosta, Georgia. Preston writes in and says, actions speak louder than words. Uh, it's not on what what's on the uh, see. It's not who we are on the inside, but what we do that defines us. Uh, I think he's saying. I'm not sure I would say it's it. Not that what way. we say is on the inside. It's, it's what comes. We out. show what's on the inside right. by what we actually do. I think that's what he means there. Uh, this is somewhat a sidebar, but that's uh, is why the faith only doctrine doesn't work. James tells us that faith without works is dead, which in many ways is saying that actions speak louder than words. I think I think right. Preston's exactly Preston right. Preston echoes what we had just said, and actually he sent that in before we said it, so uh, Preston's right in line with us tonight. So thank you for listening, Preston, and thank you for those good comments. You know, I, I've got I got some uh, additional suggestions that we might throw out here that uh, that haven't been commented on, Jacob. Uh, for instance, how do I know what my priorities really are? Well, here's a good way to test it. What would other people say? Other people who know me, know me well, what would they say my priorities are? Let's let's change that. What would people that know us who are not Christians, what would they say? Because yeah, we can put on our church face on Sunday and make people yeah, think that. Yeah, I'm talking about people who know as well. Maybe my own family at home who see me in my unguarded moments at home, who maybe see me if I lose my temper or, or you know, or, or, you know, watching something on TV I shouldn't be watching or, 
you know, the people who know me well, not not just the people I see at church on Sunday, who I, I can maybe pull the wool over their eyes, but the people uh, who know me personally away from services, what would they say my priorities are? Oh, that'd be a good, that'd be a pretty good test. What about our neighbor? What yeah. about, what about somebody at work? What, what does my neighbor think? What does he think of me? What is it? Well, if you were to ask him, what's Greg's priorities? If you, you know, what do you think is his top priority? What would he say about me? Or the guy that, that you sit beside at work day in and day out, maybe you have lunch and coffee break with him, you know, throughout the week. And if someone took him and said, listen, I'm trying to figure out what's Jacob's real priorities in life, what would he say? Well, that'd be a pretty good test, I think. You know, that, that, that would, that would do something. Um, I tell you another thing that's, uh, that would, I believe, be an indicator of our priorities is what we spend time thinking about. Uh, you know, again, we don't, you, you don't always have just free time to, sometimes your, your mind is preoccupied with things you've got to be doing. Uh, if, if you're at work, if you're, if, if, if you're running a job on an assembly line, you have a little time to think about, just let your mind wander. You've you got to pay attention to what you're doing. I mean, but the question is, when you have free time, when you can just be thinking about whatever you want to be thinking about, what do you think about? What about on your way to that job or yeah. on your way home from that job? What are you thinking about? Exactly right. In Psalm 119, verse 97, the psalmist said, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so, you know, what does my mind migrate to when I'm not overwhelmed with the necessity of thinking about pressing matters right at hand. You know, our real enthusiasms are indicated by what we think about. You know, if you've got a vacation coming up, you know, your mind goes to that. You're thinking about, you're, so, you're making plans, you're kind of visualizing how it would be. You spend a lot of time thinking about it because it's important. Well, if spiritual matters are important to us, then we spend time thinking about those things. That would be a good test, too, I believe. What do we think about? And, and is, there's nothing wrong with thinking about uh, you like to play golf, and I'm sure you think about when is the next time I'm going to be able to play golf. There's nothing wrong with that. But what you're saying is if you're focusing all the time on golf and where you can play and when you can play and how you're going to improve your shot, then if that is your primary uh, focus and thoughts – then your your priorities are. If I find it, again, this is sort of a self test. If I find my mind never goes to spiritual things, you know, I never spend time meditating on my own, just thinking about the things of God and doing His will and how I might improve in those matters. Then that's probably not very important to me. You know, that's that's something to think about. We have time to take your thoughts over the email, over the phone. Join in now. I tell you something else uh, is what I talk about. You know, I talk about things that are important to me, uh, you know, and, and all of us, you know, I, I find that people generally are very good conversationalists. You know, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the weather? Oh, we know about the weather. And we can even tell you some of the technical terms related to the weather and what's going to happen in the next year. You want to talk about politics? Well, here we are in the middle of a presidential election year. Boy, it's 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 on everybody's mind. Everybody's talking politics. We can talk. We can talk in an informed way about politics. Or take some technical subject, or take sports. You know, we know all about sports. We know about the teams, the players, their averages, and all of that. We can talk at length about those things. Do we know about the things of God, and do we have an enthusiasm about talking about them? We don't want to talk about that because we don't know enough about it. We we're afraid that uh, maybe. Uh, we might uh, show that our priorities aren't where they are. Really Wouldn't ought to be. that be an indicator that my priorities are not really where I claim they are if I never 
if if my conversations never come around to talking about the things of God, not not just with you know talk about things of God with fellow Christians, think about things of God with those who are lost and need to hear the truth. But if I never speak of those things, then that indicates that that's not very strong in my heart. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter twelve, at verse thirty four. In Matthew chapter 12 at verse 34, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. So if if the things of God are in my heart and they're very important in, in, in my life, then those things are going to come out of my mouth. And if they're not then it's indication probably that my priority is not what I think. And it's not going to be something that you have to force. Those things are going to come out of your heart because that's what's important to you. You don't have to, you don't have to strain or struggle when someone asks you about your grandkids, you don't have to work to try and talk about them. They, that's an important interest in your life. And so those things come naturally. And what you're saying is talking about religious things will come naturally if it's a priority. Exactly right. But I think without a doubt, Jacob, the best test now i think we've had a lot of good suggestions in our responses tonight and i think everybody right on on target here but i gotta tell you i think maybe one of the best tests maybe the best test of priorities is this question what gives when i face a conflict of priorities now you know uh, scheduling conflicts happen we can try to avoid them it, it, you can't be in two places at the same time. That's understandable. And and so what happens when when there's a conflict of two things that I really hold important? If it is always the things of God that are forsaken for worldly activities, then I can't say that God is more important than worldly activities. This goes to the point that Jim made in his audio comment. Jacob, can you go back and play Jim's audio comment uh, again, I don't know. Can you find that? I'll have it right here. Let me. You want to go to the second part? Yeah, I want to go to the second part of that if Let you can. Let me see if I can find that. Good here. evening. It's the amount of time they're willing to give to we'll that particular to activity. Secondly, what is the most frequently observed inconsistency between a person's professed priorities and their actual practice? The inconsistency lies in how quickly they are willing to give up something that is important to you you will be persistent in. If something is unimportant, you'll look for any opportunity to give up on it. Yeah, I think now what Jim was saying there, if this is important, if doing the things of God is important to me, I will not give up on that. If I give up easily, then it's proof it's not important to me. For instance, let's say let's say that I join a softball league, and I just love to play softball, you know. And uh, and I work pretty hard at this. I, you know, I, I even speak up and say, listen, now, we cannot be scheduling games on Sunday during worship service hours because I, I want to be at worship services. And so maybe I've been pretty successful throughout the whole softball league season and not, not run into any conflicts. But now it's playoffs. It's the tournament. And it's on the weekend. And it's out of my control. And the championship game has been scheduled right when church services are scheduled on Sunday. What am I going to do? You know, the, 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 whether the team wins or loses may, may be determined whether or not I can be there or not. Now, that wouldn't be the case with me, but let's, let's say. <laughs> but that, that, it may be the case yeah, with you. They yeah. may not be able to win if you're there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but but we're, we're, we're taking that from the other point of view. But uh, 
You know, what are you going to do? What's going to get? What gives when you face that irreconcilable conflict of priorities? Softball is important to me. Going to church is important to me. But if going to church gives way to playing softball this Sunday, then what I've proved is, at least for this Sunday, softball was more important than the things of God. And so I think that that's maybe, uh, you know, if you boil it all down, that maybe puts it in its neatest little uh, nutshell that what gives when you face a conflict of things that are important to you, the thing that gives is not the most important one. The thing that wins that conflict of priorities is your most important priority. And I think that if Christians would think along that line carefully, it would really help. Numerous passages tell us about our priorities, Dad, and uh, one that was referenced earlier, Matthew 6, verse 24, you cannot serve two masters. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or you cannot serve God and riches. We can't, uh, we, we're going to have a priority. What's it going to be? Is it going to be things of God, the spiritual things, or things of this world? What's going to be your priority? Paul said it this way in Romans six sixteen: Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. You're going to choose, and we are choosing. Um, All right, and Jesus said very clearly in no uncertain terms, Matthew 6, verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. This gets back to that faith that we were talking about with our priorities. Where Jesus said God will take care of the things that we need if we'll put him first. Do you have faith in that? Do you have faith enough to allow that to be your priority? Or do you lack faith, and do you show that by the priorities that you establish? So I think it's been an important discussion, Jacob, and I hope that we've said some things that will provoke people to think, and maybe if if changes are needed to make those changes to live up to the priorities that you're claiming in your life. All right. Let's remind our listeners about our program next week. Dad, yeah, we've we got have... a really big program next week, and we're excited about it. We want you to be excited about it. Tell other people to be listening. Uh, hope we can build perhaps the biggest listening audience we've ever had for the virtual Bible study next week. Jacob, some of our listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with the Drudge Report on the Internet. Uh, a lot of people go there to check the latest breaking news headlines, and we're going we're gonna to have a banner ad floating out there. When you go to the Drudge page next Thursday night, just as the virtual Bible study is starting for the first, almost first half of the virtual Bible study, your first click to the Drudge Report should bring up our banner advertising the virtual Bible study and our interview with Dan Barker, uh, a nationally acclaimed atheist who has a, a national radio program. He's going to be with us on the program next week. You know, if you were looking for the top atheist in the country, he'd probably be up there close to he, the he, well, most he, prominent. He, he's certainly in those, runs in those circles yeah, anyway. That's right. And so uh, we, uh, we've we got to do our homework before next week. Uh, we're, but we're and and you all who are listening uh, can help us with that. Uh, be prepared to join in and participate in that discussion next week. We're really excited about the virtual Bible study next Next Thursday night, February 21st, uh, mark it on your calendar. Uh, Those of you who listen by way of archives, we love those people who pick up our podcast or listen to the archives on the website. But next week, I hope you'll try to make a point to set aside this block of time to listen to the live program. We think it'll be exciting. We look forward to you joining us on the program next week. We'd ask you make it a priority to be here next week. Put that on your priority list. All right, Dad. Thank you for the good comments tonight. Certainly things that we need to consider. We do need to do some self-evaluation and ask ourselves, are our priorities where they should be, or do we need to make some adjustments? 
I think that's exactly right. Thanks for everybody who participated tonight. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. And again, we encourage you to be back here next week for another special edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.